0: last night. You did to my house. Oh my gosh, I'm a spoiled brat. <laughs> Thanks, Mum and uh, oh, Well, I'm so excited to be here. If you don't know me, my name is Claire Markitanios and I have been coming to Hills Church for about 20 years, which is a long time. So, I do want to tell you something. About myself this morning. It's a little bit of a secret, and I know that some of you may be shocked by what I'm about to say. But I am not perfect. I know it's hard to believe, cute, adorable Claire. but it's true, I'm not. But it's so close I don't know. No, just kidding. And I have to tell you something else. Everyone in this building, everyone in our community, in our nation and world, is not perfect either. I'm so sorry to tell you if you were living in that. If you were living in that knowledge, I'm so sorry to tell you. But you have sinned, we have all sinned, and we all fall short of the glory of God. So, if you've been coming to Hills for a few weeks, you'll know that we've been doing a series on heroes of the faith. And we've been looking at the Bible passage from Hebrews 11. And we've heard Mark and Adam and Beck talk of faithful people who are mentioned in this chapter. And today I'll be talking about someone who, upon first encounters, you might think, ooh, are you sure that they're a hero of the faith? Because in the eyes of the people of Jericho and even to the people of today, the occupation of prostitute is looked down upon and it has an air of shame about it. Rahab would easily be classified as a sinner, someone who had fallen short of the glory of God and was beyond salvation. But upon further investigation, Rahab the prostitute displayed an incredible amount of faith in God. In Hebrews 11.31, it says, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And the story of Rahab isn't just a story of faith. It's a story of redemption despite our past transgressions. So we're first introduced to Rahab in Joshua 2, and I'm going to read it for you. It's a little bit long, but just hold tight because it's a really good story. (laughs) Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Acacia Grove. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land." But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they'd come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go quickly after them. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men sent out in pursuit, set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, who you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below." Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go on your way. Now the man had said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house, if any of them go outside into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied, let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went to the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river and came to Joshua of Nun and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our, into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. see Rahab's faith helped her to overcome her past, to take hold of her present, and to reap a blessing for her future so let 's pray before I get into it. Heavenly Father, we just we just thank you, Lord God, um, for this time of year where we can just reflect on you giving us the greatest gift, Lord Jesus, of sending your son. Lord God, I just pray that this morning you will just open our hearts, Lord Jesus, that these wouldn't be my words, but they would be yours, Lord God, and that we would just feel your presence in this place. So we just thank you and we just praise you for your faithfulness to us. In your precious name, amen. So my first point is that Rahab's faith helped her to overcome her past. Now, I don't know about you, but I suffer from a little bit of anxiety and it usually likes to come and visit me just when I get comfortable in bed. Anyone else find that? get comfortable in bed and all these things that you stress about just start popping in. And I usually, all the stupid stuff that I've done in my life likes to pop into my mind and harass me just before I go to sleep. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me for all my stupidity. Oh, my goodness. Now, there's some funny things that pop into my head, like when I was in year six and I stole a lolly from my teacher's lolly jar. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Mrs. (laughs) Lear. But there are other things that are actually quite heavy, things that it's a daily battle to not feel the guilt and shame about. I'm sure Rahab was familiar with these feelings. As a prostitute, I'm sure she dealt with daily the shame that came from her occupation. It didn't matter that she was living in a pagan city. Prostitutes were still looked down on. But Rahab wasn't just faced with those feelings. She had heard the stories of the God of Israel, and it had the people of Jericho melting in fear. There was a lot of things up against Rahab that probably should have stopped her from having faith. But Rahab knew in her heart that the God of the the Israelites was the one and only God. In verse 11, she says, For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below that's a pretty big deal coming from someone that has lived as a pagan and lived outside the will of God. Now I'm going to make an assumption that during the time that the two spies were at Rahab's house, they had a few conversations that helped Rahab, a pagan prostitute, to claim that the God of the Israelites was the God of all. And in doing so, she was able to claim through faith the knowledge that God was a God of miracle, a God who saves. And through this faith, she was able to overcome her past, to turn away from her pagan ways, to turn away from all that she's known to follow God. In Hebrews 11.31, it says, by faith. Faith allowed Rahab to overcome her past. And then... Her faith allowed her to take hold of her present opportunity. It's actually amazing to see how God used Rahab and her situation for his glory. The spies were able to sneak in and out of Rahab's house a lot easier because it was quite common, because of her occupation, for men to be coming and going. And not only that, but she was a Canaanite prostitute woman, someone that typically an Israelite would not associate with but I believe when God saw Rahab's heart he knew that he was able to use her but this was a huge risk for Rahab if anyone had found out that she had lied Rahab and her whole family would have been killed now I made a terrible mistake and I googled how people were executed in those times trust me you did not want to be on the naughty list, no. <laughs> this was no small thing that she was putting her faith in. You know, it would have been so much easier for Rahab to have not hidden the spies or to have told the truth to the king that they were hiding at her house. Matthew seventeen twenty says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, You can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Has anyone ever seen a mustard seed? It's actually the smallest seed in the world. And I actually keep one in my bedside table. And it's a little reminder to me that all I need for God to use me is this much faith. Can you even see it? right there it's it's right there it's so tiny just this much this much Get the magnifying glass out <laughs> Rahab had a fresh new faith it was probably the size of this mustard seed but God still used her and she took hold of that present opportunity and look what happened The story goes on to show that the Israelites completely wiped out the city of Jericho. Every living thing was destroyed. All but the house of Rahab. Rahab's faith allowed her to overcome the past, to take hold of her present opportunities, and to reap a future blessing. In Joshua 6, it goes on to say, Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. And Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. The faith that Rahab had completely altered her future. She saved herself and her whole family. And it doesn't end there. If you look at the genealogy of Jesus, you'll find the name of Rahab. See, Rahab would have married into the Israelite community that she was now a part of. Even after Rahab died, her faith was still working for the good of God. This morning, I want you to be thinking what things in your past do you need to overcome? Are there things from your past that you think are too much for God or that you can no longer be used by God because of the things that you've done? Or are there opportunities in your life that you need to take a hold of but you're too scared to and and you don't want to take the risk? Romans 5, 7 to 8 says, Very rarely... Will anyone die for a righteous person? Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now let me tell you, I have done some stupid things in my life. As I said before, things that Satan tries to constantly tell me that I need to carry, that I should feel Uh, shame and guilt about. But when we live under the grace of God, we don't have to carry any of it. Do you think that my dad, Tom Katenos, loves me any less because of the dumb things I've done in my life? No way. I saw a shake of the head. No. But God's love is bigger and better than my dad's love could ever be. So how could I ever doubt that his love is enough to cover my failures. And that's why God sent his son, Jesus. He did it for us, knowing our flaws already. And God is wanting wanting you to know this morning that there is nothing, no distance, no action that can ever separate us from his love or from the hope that we can find in him. Romans 8.38 says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Christmas Day is the beginning of the greatest love story ever told, and Jesus came so that your past doesn't have to hold you back, so that you can find opportunities in the present, and so that you can reap a blessing in the future. I'm going to finish with a quote from Charles Spurgeon, and it says, "Satan tells me I am unworthy." but I always was unworthy and yet you have loved me and therefore my unworthiness cannot be a barrier to the fellowship with you now. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you that you are so faithful to us. Lord God, we just stand in the promises that you've made to us that nothing we could ever do will separate us from your love. Nothing we could ever do will stop you wanting to use us, Lord God. And I just pray that this week you will just provide us with opportunities for us to work for your good, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you that in spite of all of it, you still want to bless us, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you for your love towards us. We just thank you for your grace over us, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you, Father, that you sent your son so that we could have life to the fullest. In your precious name, amen.